0: Welcome back to Be Great With Nate. In today's podcast episode, we're gonna be going through a deep dive into fully transforming your mind, body, and emotions. In today's podcast, I wanna bring you an update. Uh, Today makes four weeks since I got my root canal pulled. I wanna share with you the results I got so far, what I noticed that changed, and something deep that I have to do that I think a lot of you may earn a lot of you know just quality information and value from as far as becoming the best version of yourself. So I have notes here that I took down. I organized this podcast cuz I did not want to miss anything. So um let's get into it. So the first thing I want to give you an update on is my root canal. Um I had an appointment uh, I think last Thursday and the dentist took x-rays. So the gum is healing very well. I have no issues. One thing that I noticed is that that sinus pain that I did have that was right under my left cheekbone actually went away. And it's no longer swollen. There's no longer a mountain-looking thing there anymore. I will be coming on YouTube in the next couple weeks presenting the pictures of the x-rays and the picture of the tooth and everything for you in that podcast episode, along with the presentation of things to expect, things that um, I learned more of about a root canal infection like I had. I'm hoping to bring you more value in your life if you have a root canal or if you know someone that has one that's having any issues. But I would like to show you the picture so you can see for yourself what I went through. So um, that's that. Next thing is my energy is back. It's 100% back um, and I'm back. I feel alive again uh, ever since I got that root canal taken out. Now, my weight, when I first made the Root Canal podcast uh, four weeks ago, I was fluctuating in between 267 and 268. Uh, Today, I weighed myself and I'm down to 257.5. So I'm down 10 pounds uh, this past month. Uh, Losing the 10 pounds of body fat has allowed me to feel, look, and be my best. Uh, And I know this is only the beginning. I would transform myself into a version of myself that I never reached before, the best version of myself. Since my energy's back, I am training five times a week right now. I built a strength and conditioning program for myself that focuses around progressive overload. So one thing that I must say is that I no longer feel fatigued as fast as I was before. I feel like I can push through my exercises like I used to, which is really, really good. I am able to complete my workouts without a problem, and um, I'm able to get in there the next day even being slightly sore without a joint hurting me. That was one thing that I really noticed previously when I had all this stress on my body and I was dealing with an infection. Remember, an infection of any kind, a virus of any kind, or bacteria of any kind that causes an infection will bring the body a lot of stress. So if you're noticing that you're having a lot of mental stress and you're doing your therapy or you're doing a lot of things to try to help yourself Uh, you know, bring your stress levels down and it's just not working, it may be wise to go do a little more deep research for you, uh, for yourself. So one of the things that I would like to do in these next couple months as I come to these podcasts is I've been really diving deep into breaking down my genetics, uh, getting a specific genotypes that I carry, kind of traits of genes that I carry that put me at risk for certain things. And the reason why it puts me at risk and um, I will be sharing some podcast episodes with that as well. One of my goals with these podcast episodes is to start getting into making blogs about the same subject and then making a full presentation. So I kind of want to be able to give you the full realm of everything so you can have a lot more information, so you're not just left with like a little bit of info or value And you don't get the full thing. So I'm looking forward to creating more of a project out of these subjects for you in the future. Now, the the second thing I want to give you an update on, and I want to kind of dive really deep into in this podcast is retraining the subconscious mind. In the last podcast episode, I gave you a health update about two weeks ago, and I spoke about my overwhelming mind. I had a lot of anxiety and uncontrolled thoughts. Um, I believe this came from my body being so numb to the stress and the anxiety from the root canal infection that I had, and I didn't realize how much stress I was really under until I got that tooth pulled. After I got the tooth pulled, I was left with a body that was heavy, inflamed, and stressed. I had to focus on rewiring my subconscious mind to create the new one, a new version of me. I believe this is not a coincidence, though, to be honest with you. I am writing the book, The You You Never Knew, where I teach the reader on how to overcome stress and trauma and create the new version of themselves. As I'm writing the book, I am transforming my mind, body, and spirit. This inspired me to start to make a documentary series on YouTube to expose the transformation along with the health updates and you know, kind of like a vlog style uh, for YouTube. So if you don't follow me on YouTube, it's Be Great With Nate. You should have, if you do follow me on YouTube and you subscribe, you should see a lot of content being uploaded. I even started uploading some TikTok lives that people requested for me to upload after I I uh, you know I did a presentation. And before I was stopping myself for many different reasons. And I'm gonna explain to you why that's the case in a couple of seconds when I dive really deep into this podcast. Um, but one of the reasons why is that I just I I stopped really caring about being perfect. I stopped caring about the perfect camera setup. I stopped caring about the perfect audio, the perfect thumbnail and things like that. And I was waiting for the perfect moment. So uh, like I mentioned to you before, sometimes when I make these podcast episodes is either I'm dealing with a client that's going through something and I'm dealing with multiple people that struggle with that one thing that I I sit down, I'm like, I got to make a podcast about this or I'm personally going through something myself where I'm enthusiastic to say, you know what? Let me fix this in myself and then let me go teach the world um, how to take these steps as well. So my goal is to with this new podcast series that I'm going to be creating on YouTube is it's the journey. My book will be on pre-sale next year, probably next spring or early summer. And my book will be released. It's set to be released um, right before Christmas of 2024. So for those that are looking forward to purchasing my book, which is going to be awesome. I appreciate that. Um, You can actually gift it to somebody for Christmas. So I had a meeting with my publishing team and that's one thing I wanted. They, they They said either before or after Christmas and I said, I want it before Christmas. Now, one of the reasons why I'm gonna make this documentary is because I have to let go of a part of me. And a part of me is I get really stuck into the old version of me that had to be extremely protective of my life. When you grew up, around drug dealers and you grew up on the street, you have to be very low key about what you're doing and how you move because you don't want to become a target. You also want to avoid as much hate as you can as well. And you want to be a practitioner. I'm really big big about being a practitioner. I believe that's one of the reasons why I don't come on here speaking about 50% of the things that I really want to speak about as far as mind. I mean, the body, right? I'm obsessed with strength and conditioning, physical therapy, uh, anatomy, and physiology, but I hold back from showing you videos and teaching you things on videos and presentations and podcasts because I went through something weird these last three years. And I, I've, I'm i going to tell you exactly, I'm not going to just blame it on the tooth. I got to take personal responsibility for a lot of them myself. And I don't feel like I'm in a position where I'm a practitioner of what I'm teaching as far as that goes. So I wanted to sit down and say, you know what? You're going to be a practitioner of of teaching people on how to transform their body, but you're going to show them. So throughout this transformation, you're going to be seeing a lot of things. You're going to see, you know, I brought a new home. Um, You'll see certain parts of my house because I'm going to do some vlogs there. You're going to see a lot of personal things in my life. And the goal is to just inspire you as I'm writing the book. I'm giving you updates on that. I'm giving you updates on personal life things, health things. Really faced around health and trying to expose and share with you how i 'm transforming my body and so when you look at video one compared to video fifty you're going to see a whole different human being and this can be a playlist for you to always go back to to find inspiration in and you're going to see everything I tell you what to do in the book I'm going to take on hundred percent full speed with my own life, which I hope to inspire you to change your life and many of your you know your loved ones. So the reason why I'm making this is cuz I will lead by example. I will put my money where my mouth is. Here's some things that I started to do to help rewire my subconscious mind. So I told you that I was just dealing with this, I don't know, these anxiety as far as, you know, a lot of emotions, a lot of energy and emotion. And remember cortisol and adrenaline can numb the body. So I believe dealing with the infection and then dealing with a whole bunch of other things that I went through these last couple of years I'm walking around with really high levels of cortisol and adrenaline, and I wasn't really aware of my body as much. I wasn't really aware of how much, you know, stress my mind and body were under until I kind of brought the stress down from the infection. I started noticing, like, I felt better, but I couldn't get my brain to slow down. And I'm going to share some personal things with you on why that's the case. So. I will go over each step and we'll make a podcast and YouTube video about each step since there's a lot of details of each of the steps that I took and I am taking to overcome my subconscious mind, to rewire my subconscious mind. Step number one, I had to expose myself to the truth. I have ADHD. I always tried my best to deal with it holistically and by myself. I've spent the past month reading every research paper and book about ADHD and how it affects not only the neurotransmitters in the brain, but also a person's overall life. Untreated ADHD will bring on anxiety and depression. One great step to support my ADHD is to get rid of all distractions. And I found that Instagram was a big one for me. I deleted the Instagram app that doesn't mean I, in, I didn't delete my profile. I deleted the Instagram app. And what I would do is probably once a week, I would go on just to make sure there's, you know, my grandmother or someone that's trying to get in contact with me with an emergency. I just check that and then I cancel it off my, um, my computer tab. So I open it up on my computer tab. I have no notifications on any social media um, so I don't really know what's going on on social media as far as people get in contact with me. So one of the reasons why I do check in just to make sure there's like my book publishers, you know, one a person from my book publishing company is trying to reach out to me or something like that. But uh, I do have a lot of messages there from either you, the listener, or if you've been tagging me and things and I haven't been responding. One of the reasons why is because I kind of pulled back. Uh, one of the reasons why I did that, because I found myself, that was the app that I was spending time with and it was creating huge, huge amounts of procrastination for me. So I noticed that if I'm writing the book and I need like five minutes to pull back and try to think and make notes of like, what should I put next in a book? I would maybe just open up the Instagram app. And one thing that really bothered me was coming across things that would affect my mood and, um, so I see it a great help. I, I noticed a huge difference. So I deleted the Instagram app itself. Um, that doesn't mean I it deleted Instagram. And I'm, it's for a moment thing until I get control of my subconscious mind again. I'm not demonizing any social media platforms. I am not comparing myself to nobody on there. Um, just with struggling with ADHD, I tried to, I'm trying to create a, a successful environment for me with less distractions and less procrastination with things. And to be completely honest with you, I love it. I love that I don't consume information that doesn't serve me. The next thing I did with ADHD is I went and hired a psychiatrist. I went to see a professional to understand my ADHD more. You see, I came across a lot of research that showed significant amount of uh, chances of a person having ADHD from everything from being your mother being pregnant with you in the womb and drinking or doing uh, or taking uh, drugs, recreational drugs, or even getting sick while she's pregnant with you, to if there's any issues for when you were born, if there was any complications, that also will con- increase your chances of ADHD. I came across um, a lot of statistics that I don't have documented now, so I do not want to misguide you and just throw out statistics But I would just say they were very high for many different things. And also brain injury or trauma can cause issues with ADHD. And um, so for me, I was born on heroin and cocaine. And I've been very upfront with you telling the world, you know, I have been struggling with, you um, you know, learning disabilities my whole life. And I did everything I can to support my ADHD. And I don't have hyperactive ADHD. I have compulsive, unorganized, and inattentive um, ADHD. So for me, organization is my biggest weakness. And I've been exposing myself to that truth for about three years. At first I was in denial about it. Um, until I my fiancé, who was my girlfriend at the time, used to say, yo, you're you gotta get a little more organized. And I I noticed that I would respond you know, from being triggered, right? So I would immediately self-defend and then do all these things. And then I'm not going to lie to you in the last three years, I've been doing, I'm proud of myself on how far I've come with organization, but I noticed that there's, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's very complicated and hard to do so if you have ADHD, um, I have some great information about the ADHD situation. Let me keep reading the notes that I took. I don't want to miss anything. So I was born with drugs in my system as a newborn. I was also in the special care unit for drug rehab as a newborn. And I suffered major concussions from football, all which can injure the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which involves complications like ADHD. So when I was in college, I suffered really bad concussions, even in high school. I got hit so hard one game that I went to the wrong sideline with the wrong team. And I did not know I was with the wrong team. I was kind of, you know, buzzed out. And they brought me to my sideline. They called the timeout and they did a concussion test with me. And I finessed that concussion test, um, meaning I kind of knew my brain was buzzing, but I also had my first college scout that was there to see me play and I needed to get out of the ghetto. I needed to make sure that I played so I can get a scholarship. And I indeed did get a scholarship from that school right after that game. It was actually Temple University in Philadelphia. It was a, At the time, it was a big-time Division I football program. I had a full scholarship there. That was my first scholarship. But I remember I was struggling with really bad complications with uh, light and headaches, and I have this ear buzzing in my ear. So I hear, you know, I hear like this little ring all day. And um, so that was one of the concussions. But then in college, I suffered another big one that I actually was taken out of football for two months and I had to walk around with uh, sunshade, uh, sunglasses on, even in class. I, I suffered a really bad concussion that almost ended my career. And if I got one more, con- I had three in college, one in high school. And of course, in practice, you're hitting your head all day. So there was a lot of times I got that buzz feeling, but the one in college was so bad that if I suffered one more my sophomore year, they were going to, that's it, my career was done. Um, So I say all that to say, I not only suffered from the concussions, but I also suffered with a lot of complications at birth from the heroin and uh, drugs in my system, like heroin and cocaine. So when I graduated I mean, when I, when I was in the hospital as a child, they actually um, had to keep me for a couple months. Usually it can take days to weeks. I, I stood a couple months uh, for the simple fact that it was a lot of drugs in my system. So what they do is they put you on a rehab program with a medication, which then can also affect the neurotransmitters in your brain. And um, I'm, I'm really excited because I have some information more about ADHD for you. But I used to believe ADHD was a mindset thing. But I have to come to realize that 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 specific belief system no longer serves me. It won't serve the new version of me. I have found supplements that support the neurotransmitters that are uh, deficient in ADHD people while in the process to schedule a brain scan for my ADHD in New York City, along with support from a psychiatrist. So what I'm doing with my psychiatrist now, I did a lot of research on a psychiatrist, and found one who's I find very knowledgeable and extremely loving. He's a really cool person, and um, so I'm going through the process with him. And I'm, I I just go with a notebook, and uh, I saw him two times already. So I've just been asking a lot of questions. So I'm actually having, I I bought one specific journal just for ADHD, and um, so all the research I'm reading, all the books that I'm reading. I probably spend, I've probably been spending approximately two hours a day on studying ADHD and the real proof about ADHD. So if you're someone that has ADHD and you were diagnosed, or if you're someone with ADHD or has someone you love that has ADHD, um, I just want to confirm from being extremely humble on my side that it it's a real thing. It is a real thing. And um, my goal is not to manipulate you. My goal is not to put a specific belief system on you. My, My goal with these podcast episodes and YouTube videos is always to bring you awareness. And then from that awareness, you can agree or you can try things. Don't believe me without trying it or doing things yourself. That's why I try my best to leave references. I try to give references in these podcast episodes. Don't believe a word I say. Go look it up yourself and then go try it and make your own belief based on your results. I am putting together, uh, I'm putting together a nice blog and podcast series about ADHD, hoping to bring awareness to those who have it or know someone who does. So I will have all the supplements that have been shown to help with ADHD, um, with scientific literature with it, and I've been testing on myself, so I'm probably three weeks in now, and I would just want to make sure it's not a placebo, so I want to bring it more than just three weeks. I kind of want to bring it four weeks and on, and then I'll be a little more comfortable to give an opinion based on my experience. So I'm very careful in making sure that I'm not moving off placebo effects. Another thing is, if you're someone that has ADHD or was diagnosed with ADHD, um, you're going to learn a lot of information off these podcasts and blogs that I'm going to bring up in these YouTube presentations. So like I said, these things are really serious um I mean, information that I want to make sure that I do it the right way, not being a perfectionist, but being a professional on making sure that I can support you on this journey with each of these real top subjects that I'm bringing to your attention. I don't want to leave you hanging. So the second thing that I'm doing with Rewind My Subconscious Mind is reaffirming that I am not I want to be or I would like to be. No. No. I am. I am great. I always was great. And I will continue to be great. I will pay the price to be the best. That's what I'm here for. I had to start reframing the way I think of myself. It's easy to feel down and self sabotage in today's world. Like Jay Z said, sometimes you need your ego to remind these mother effers who the F you are. I lost my ego. Not the bad version, the version that served me. I believe there are many reasons for this. But the one that sticks out most to me is I, we, and all. I stop putting I, which is me, first, and put either all, which are clients, content, work, or we, friends and family, in front of my own needs. I need to be alone every day to work on myself and my craft. The more you spend your time with people or just doing things that's outside of your purpose, that's why I brought you the – you got to figure out what your purpose is and how to protect your energy. The more energy you spend outside of yourself. So the more you spend with people, the more you're caught up in doing things. If you find yourself being distracted very easily and you don't have ADHD, but if you find yourself – even if you're getting help with ADHD, you continue to find yourself – doing things for other people and outside of yourself, or can't be alone or have to do something. Are you running away from doing a deep work? And I brought you a podcast episode about deep work. Are you running away from actually sitting with yourself and healing parts of yourself that you've been ignoring? And that's one thing that I have been doing. So the ADHD thing is something that I was told since four or five years old. And I was like, no, I'm gonna find a holistic way to do it. No, I'm not going to become, I don't need a psychiatrist or help. I'm not going to get on any medication. Those medications are addictive. Um, ADHD is a mindset. It's not real. Yeah, that served me for a long period of time. Um, But then when I look back on my life and I think about what's the biggest mistakes I made or where do I struggle the most, it all comes back to the three main things that I struggle with with ADHD. Compulsiveness. Organization. Organization. And staying focused and concentrated on one thing. And it actually trained my brain. So sometimes if you hear me talk and I jump from subject to subject, it could be beneficial, right? I I hit a lot of points. But I can overwhelm people with all the information that I spill out without finishing certain things. So that's why I came here today. And I took self-evaluation even with my content. How can I make my content better? Sit down. Type it up. Make sure you make notes so you don't miss anything. And slow down, bro. Just slow down. So that's that's what I had to do. That's one of the other things I had to do with myself. So the more you spend your time and energy with others, the more you can lose self-guidance. Being alone, dealing with the pain of transformation, like pushing yourself in training or doing things that are hard with work and facing your shadows, allows communication from the soul to the universe. The connection was very tight until 2020 when I moved to LA. The fear of not being successful in LA got the best of me and I sacrificed a practice that I followed with self-guidance, being alone and being intuitive and allowed fear, anxiety and stress to drive my ambition for success, which worked. I accomplished a lot of goals, becoming a celebrity coach, helping people I admired from music to TV but I also lost the connection to my highest self. There is no transformation without pain. I thought success allowed a life without pain anymore, to be honest with you. But I was wrong. The biggest mistake you can make on your spiritual journey is thinking there is a destination and becoming comfortable, trying your best to avoid pain and conflict. I now put I in front of we and all. I have been saying no more than ever. Remember, your yes isn't good enough until you learn on how to say no. I've said no to parties, no to interviews, no to dinners, and no to people who don't deserve to be around me, while saying yes to my transformation, yes to my future kids who will live a better childhood than mine, and yes to the best version of myself. Number three, important practice that I've been taking on to transform my mind, body, and soul or emotions, I no longer care about the man's algorithm and started to focus on God's algorithm instead. That's a bar. In 2021, my TikTok took off, my podcast was growing, and so was my fame in LA as a health coach. I woke up every day trying my best to improve my analytics with these social media um, things that I had, right, TikTok, Instagram, podcast, YouTube. How do I get more followers? How do I get more interviews like the highest Self podcast interview I had? How do I get more famous clients? How do I get more video downloads and podcast downloads on Spotify? These were the questions I woke up with every day. I quote unquote made it. And I was afraid to lose it. I was afraid to tell people about the struggles I had in the fear of losing people who looked at me as a hero. I was afraid to lose the famous clients I had. My inner child was tired of running and overworking for survival. So what I decided to do is study every TikTok algorithm, YouTube algorithm, and podcast algorithm. For those that make content or those that just post, you know that these algorithms change. I was on top of each of those changes. I noticed the change, I studied the change, and I applied, and I adjusted my content. But there were times where I was doing that instead of going in the gym. There was times I was doing that instead of studying for my certifications. There was times I was doing that besides meditating. And it got the best of me. So I was so focused on making adjustments to my content instead of working with myself, being truthful and not caring about those who can't accept me for being human. I feared losing the fame I got, the recognition. I no longer care about the man's algorithm. I would never lose focus on the truth, what really matters, which is God or the universe's algorithm. You see, in order to manifest the world you want, you need to become instead of act like the person you want to become. So you have to actually do it. You can't cheat God. You have to do it. You attract on who you are so you can pretend all your mind in your mind see manifesting people get it get it confused people think manifesting is like i'm going to think this one thing is going to come true no you can use your imagination to give you a self image to help the subconscious mind prepare for the action that you are going to be taking in your life so if you're someone that has just been sitting back writing a goal down without taking the steps you are not meeting the universe 50% we need to take action So instead of just trying to act like somebody that we're not, like if I'm trying to act like I'm one of the best coaches in the world, but I'm not actually walking around practicing and treating myself as my main priority as a client and making myself an example, then I'm not going to attract anything on a high frequency from there. So I was too focused on making sure that I continue to grow on social media. I continue to grow with my clients that were famous and continue to grow my recognition in Los Angeles. I was becoming the guy that everybody called when it was time for transformation, mind, body, and emotions. And the inner child in me was fearful. I feared of losing that momentum. I got a taste of success. I was in Beverly Hills. I was in A lot of people I grew up watching on TV, sometimes I had to, before I got in, there, I used to have to do like a quick meditation so I don't freak out by working with this person that I'm working with because I've watched this person. I love their music or something in that nature. So, but I lost, I was scared to fall back and dive in and work on myself. So something I said a little bit earlier that I'm going to repeat. I always tell my clients, you can cheat man, but you can't cheat God. I wake up every day now looking forward to the pain of transformation, the communication with the universe, building the best me while killing the old version of me, sticking to my truth. I don't care about making the best videos with the best edits and marketing. I care about being the best me. I care about bringing the truth to the book industry next year truth to the hundred podcast episodes. My book publishing company has set up for me next year for the book. And what I mean by that is when I went through the process of doing my book proposal in the last year, there was a lot of things that I had to accept on why I won't be accepted in certain publishing houses or, um, or certain publishing houses that wanted me, but wanted me to take a lot of things out that was me in the book. And I was so close. If I didn't take the steps that I'm going to tell you I had to take in the last year, I probably would have went for it. But instead, I stood my ground and I stood up for myself. And I knew if I would have went certain routes, it would have promised me more book sales. And more book sales would bring me uh, possibly a bestseller in, in, in some type of category. And being a bestseller, being in a certain category, would then give me a great chance of getting another book deal, but also giving me the title for my, you know, one of my dreams is to be speaking around the country for companies. And I knew the inner child in me was like, do it, take it. This is your opportunity. We can go, Nate. You're going to be saved. Someone's going to come save you, Nate. This company is going to come save you. That is a mistake. I don't believe in that. Now, that is something that I knew. And I'm going to tell you what changed this mindset. But that's something I knew growing up. Ain't nobody come save me. Nobody's going to come save you. You got to save you. And there was a part of my life, a little switch went off, where that inner child was always looking for extra safety. And then I got a taste of it and I thought, oh, I made it. That's why I keep saying to you, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is thinking that the spiritual journey has a destination. It does not have a destination, my friend. When you really hit your destination, you, you won't be in the body that you're in. In a good way, right? We'll move on to the next level of consciousness somewhere else, whatever you believe that to be. But while you're here, and I'm not saying you have to put yourself in pain by hurting yourself and think, no, no, I'm, I'm saying growing, growing, working on yourself. We all know there's certain things that we don't like to do. Maybe it's that email, maybe it's, you know, organizing your office, or maybe it's getting up a little earlier. Those are the things that I'm talking about, the things that we are good at avoiding now. So when I say bring my truth, I don't care about looking perfect for to be accepted as far as acting, talking, dressing and being a certain way to be accepted and hopefully you know people will like me enough to want to work with me or buy a book when I do do these interviews next year. No, that's that that's the road that I see a lot of the competition or people who wrote books before me or who just released books, I study you. I study the game. Because when you have to do things on your own, you have to take the time to study. Remember, mastering the why. Why? Why does this person do good selling or you know, with work and getting advances? And, and why, am I, why, why is this person not another person that's not? Then I notice there's this little game. That likes to be played in many industries. This is a Hollywood energy, which I'm going to move on from a quick second, but I just want to make it clear why I mentioned this. There's a game and I'm not willing to play that game. I'm not willing to fake it. I am not willing to scheme people. I'm not willing to lie to my audience. There's things I'm not going to do and I'm not going to call nobody out, call nothing out, but I live and I can sleep good at night because I know that my intentions with everything I do are pure and I believe in karma. So I say all that to say the inner child in me almost had me take a route where safety and security was almost guaranteed, but I had to let go of my truth. My goal is to continue to bring truth with these podcast episodes. You see, pain is weakness leaving the body. Pain allows communication with the highest self. See, pain is not bad pain is growth i got rid of everything and anything that makes me comfortable it's a setup i sold my s class which was a 560 with a executive package which if you don't know what that is that's a mercedes benz that's like almost close to a maybach i also fired some of my famous clients who did not respect my time or core values and also eliminated all foods that make me sorry Eliminated all foods that made me feel good, which brings me to the next step. And I say feel good. I'm not talking about giving me energy. I'm talking about giving me the taste. Oh, yeah. Mm, So yummy. Um, And I'm going to explain why. But before I do, let me just break down the previous sentence that I just said. I brought myself a beautiful Mercedes S-Class 560. Loved it. And it was very comfortable. I sold it. I also fired some of the clients that were celebrity clients that sometimes will fly out to New Jersey to come see me or continue to work me on Zoom. Um, it was long overdue. I allowed people to take advantage of me too much, and I was suffering the consequences of that, and that's going to be brought up at the end of this podcast, I'll Breakdown Down. But um, I... I these people were continuously and consistently for at least two years cancel on me 30 minutes while I'm on a call and they don't show up. It was a lot of things that, you know, they kind of were very not nice to me. So um, I was being a nice guy and that's a mistake that I made. So I I stood up for myself finally and walked away from those particular people. So that's what I wanted to bring up. Was it painful? Of course it could be painful. Painful when 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 I handed over my keys to my my dream car. I love that car, and that doesn't mean that. Oh, you know, you should do things to deserve things, Nate. You you've you know you deserve it. Yeah, I get that, but I'm telling you right now, the position I'm in right now, I'm eliminating every distraction to double down on me, on challenging myself. So having a very expensive car in my driveway or driving a very expensive car to the supermarket and always checking if someone hit the car. Five hundred dollars to fix a tire. This these things were dis. they became a distraction. They were robbing me from my energy. And then plus if you're driving the S class in Jersey, New York City, good luck because as you know, there's more potholes here than anywhere else in the universe, as far as I know. And um I was just suffering with consequences of having a nice car back to back. And I noticed that it no longer served me. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was becoming a distraction and I had to get rid of it. And I got uh, something that, you know, keeps me, that's very nice, but keeps me humble at the same time. So number four is diet. I always knew carbs were no good for me. I always allowed myself to become naive to science. You see, science shows that carbs are great for you. Science shows that we need carbs for performance. Science shows your brain needs carbs. Science also shows that low carb diets are fad diets. Since I'm a science major and I love science, I'm 50-50 with making a decision on this subject. One part of me, which is my soul, intuition and body, does not agree with this aspect of science. I feel like crap on carbs. I have digestive issues with carbs. I have anxiety after eating carbs, and I gain so much weight after eating carbs, which I also notice carbs make me so hungry. But my other 50%, my brain and ego, believe the science. My ego confirms that I do not have full diabetes. My ego also reaffirms that carbs are tasteful, indeed, good for you, according to science. There are three main reasons why I believe I allowed the 50% of this side of my brain, which is my brain and ego, to take control of me these past few years, even with knowing and feeling like carbs weren't good for me personally. Number one, carbs and sugar fulfill my inner child. My inner child celebrated survival by eating carbs for dinner, especially those starchy and sugary ones. And this paradigm can still follow me to this day. Secondly, my body was under so much stress, especially with the root canal infection, which made me crave carbs even more. Lastly, I became afraid to admit that carbs don't work for everybody like myself. Why? Because of my science background and colleagues. I knew I would run into problems with this message with other people in my field. Anytime I made videos about how carbs aren't for everyone, I would have dietitian, nutritionists, and doctors come attack me. I believe this made me become hesitant about speaking my truth to the world. I allowed people, some of whom never grew up in the ghetto, surrounded with liquor stores and junk food, along with parents who are addicts, to tell me what works for me or not. I became a nice guy these past six years. When I got my first job in Westchester, New York, which was a very wealthy neighborhood with more white than colored people, I started to notice I used a mask to earn business. The ghetto boy became a prep boy. I allowed people to take advantage of me and allowed someone to yell at me multiple times and saw this carry over into Hollywood and social media. Now, what I mean by that is I had a couple situations where I just had people really be disrespectful and rude to me to the point where it would make other people in the business very uncomfortable and be willing to want to sue somebody because of certain remarks or um, that happened twice or call the cops on somebody for certain things that were said and done to me. But I never went as far as to take those type of steps of action. I was a nice guy. I was honored to be there. I was you know, it was, I was lucky, right, quote unquote lucky. But I noticed this also carried over into Hollywood and social media. Now, I just want to make this clear. This does not mean everything and everyone from Westchester to Hollywood was mean and disrespectful to me. No, I would be lying to you if I said this. Some of the best people I've ever come across are from these areas. But the point that I'm trying to make is that I became a nice guy. I will allowed, I allowed people like Peters and Karens in my field, comments and judgment to stop me from being my true self. Funny enough, I had a big time celebrity come to my house one day in LA to come talk to me. When we were speaking, he started to raise his voice at me and said things that disrespected me. I sat there confused, just thinking in my head, yo, what did I do? That I got this guy so comfortable to come in in my office in my house, yell at me, curse at me, and wave his hands into my face as he's speaking to me. And as I was sitting there, I noticed that my fia- my fi- my girlfriend at the time, she my fiance now, was you know in her in the living room. And he brought one of his people over that was outside. And um, this dude came over and really was disrespecting me. And I was, for the first half of the disrespect that I was taking on, I kind of zoned out and I was trying to think, what did I ever do to make him think that I'm a guy that you're going to come and talk to like that? Now, I'm not acting like I'm a tough guy. My goal... I don't want to be tough. I don't want to be from the streets. I don't want to be ghetto or hood. But I am. I don't, I, don't, I don't carry that into these podcasts. I don't carry that into my professional career. But I come from that. And I do everything I can to be very respectful to people. But I went so much on the other end of that spectrum that I noticed that I allow people to disrespect me and take advantage of me. So if you're someone that's coming from a rough upbringing, you may have noticed as you're getting into a professional career that you may have tried to swing that uh, pendulum from being extremely from the ghetto, right? Just going to keep it plain and simple like that, to being extremely professional to the point where you may be too nice And you may notice people disrespect you. It may not be things like someone coming in your house and disrespecting you like this man was and waving his hands like he was about to put his hands on me. That's what his intentions were carrying. It may be someone making too many jokes with you at work. It may be someone who shuts you down while you're speaking at work. You see what I'm saying? You got to be very careful because the last thing I wanted to do is people judge me cuz i have tattoos and i was brown in a lot of white neighborhoods and i didn't want i didn't want to be you know judged you know you people could be you know i could fit the stereotype of being a ghetto kid, right? or ghetto man now, right? So just be careful going too much being nice cuz people will take advantage of that. As i sat there he continued to yell and wave his hands in my face. And then I felt my adrenaline go up and the old me returned. Not the full old me. Cause the full old me was about to kick him right in his chest, right through that door. I had a door that went right outside. I'm just being honest with you. If you would have heard what this man was saying to me and how he was yelling at me, um, you probably would have thought I was getting abused by this verbally abused by him on a daily basis. It was something that never happened to me in my life. Um, Even on the street, it never happened to this extent of someone saying what he said to me. So I got up, I stared into his eyes and I told him nice and politely, you yell one more time. I'm going to knock you out right here. And I guess when he saw in my eyes how serious I was, I think he was reminded on who I really am and wh- where I come from. And I think you also realized he forgot about my story. He forgot where I come from. But most importantly, he forgot who he was talking to. And um, he realized he wasn't speaking to an LA agent or manager or One of his employees, I noticed that one time I went to his job site. I'm not going to name this person, but he had an employee that he spoke to like this as well. And um, I actually pulled him to the side that day and I said, don't ever speak like that in front of me again to somebody. Because I had to speak to an employee after I just met this person. I said that you'll never be successful as a leader when you bring people down like that. And that was like a week before this situation happened. And um, I think after I got up and I was just zoned out, I had a vision of kicking him right through this door. I was going to put my foot right in his chest. I was going to hit him right under the left jaw, the bone of your jaw. It's a pressure point where you can knock somebody out. I learned that at a young age. I had a kid bully me in school a lot. I told my dad, yo, dad, this kid keeps bullying me because I'm light-skinned. He said, pa, if he touches you, hit him right here. I went to school the next day. This kid took milk, poured over my head, smacked me in behind the head. I got up and I connected right under that part of the jaw and put him out cold. And he just knocked out. He got up later. but um, And I hate talking like this because this is not who I want to be. I wasn't built for the streets. I am not built for the streets. Because after doing things like that, now my nervous system is going through guilt and my brain is going through shame and guilt and I'm apologizing to the universe and God because I'm like, yo, I'm so sorry. I do not want to do that. And that I had to do a lot of things I did not want to do. But if I didn't do it, I probably won't be here talking to you. I probably would be dead or I will probably, I won't be here. I can promise you that. And there's a lot of stories I do want to tell you. Um, And I hope that you're enjoying the Survival Chronicle series that I'm creating on here where I tell most of these traumatic stories I've been through. But there's some stories I just can't say because I have to save them for the book. And you'll learn a lot more if you're someone that purchases the book next year. Why I say I wasn't built for the streets and what happened to me. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. After this day, after this day of him yelling at me, was the day that I realized that I had to leave Los Angeles. I realized that I had to go back home. That was the day. And um, funny thing is, after I was going through all this, Sahara Rose wanted to do a part two to the Highest Self podcast. And when I did that podcast, I was in the middle of the storm of going through this particular transformation. And she wanted to talk about adrenal fatigue. And I was extremely adrenal fatigued at that moment. So I was able to spit straight from the heart on that one because I I just got finished doing all the research and trying to fix myself. So what I decided to do is I actually decided to leave Los Angeles in 30 days. After that situation happened, there was a bunch of other things that happened at the same time. But that was my breaking point. Uh, After seeing the people that I was dealing with at this particular time in my life, I knew that this wasn't the place for me. So I left. I actually went back to New Jersey. I moved back to New Jersey. And I moved 20 minutes outside of the ghetto that I grew up in. Now in the suburbs where all my successful teachers, coaches, and politicians I had grown up live. So I run into a teacher all the time. I run into the mayor of, you know, of, of Jersey City when I was a kid all the time. I ran into a, a lot of people who become successful from my neighborhood, moved to, so this is pretty cool. But I still do, once in a while, I like to drive through the neighborhood I grew up in just to remind myself how far I've come. I reminisce about the traumatic memories I have on some of the blocks and hotels I lived in. I sit in a car and close my eyes, thanking God for guiding me and helping me overcome the streets. I also sit there and thank myself. I do it as a reminder. This is important for you to do. Sometimes we get too hard on ourselves so we don't remember who we are. Who we are. You are. Not you would like to be. I am. That's why I said that was number two. I am. You don't need nobody to confirm who you are. Look back on, look how far you've come. You are already. I stay in the car most of the time when I visit my neighborhood that I grew up in because I often run into people who I grew up with who never really became disciplined enough to evolve. And I know there's certain people that grew up with their circumstances are different, but I'm talking about the people I grew up with that I gave the blueprint to how are we going to make it out and they just wanted they wanted to have the drug money, you know? They wanted to have the drug money. And I'm like, "Yo, we got to get you got to get out of this." Um or they wanted to be associated with certain gangs. And I'm not with that. And I was telling him, yo, we got to, you got to get out of this. Come on. We got to, we could do this. We can do that. So when I, I try to avoid running into these people as much as I can, there's a couple reasons. Number one, um, it's not really smart when you come from a ghetto to continue to go back to your ghetto. You're going to have envy in those ghettos. So I'm putting my life at risk doing that. That's number one. But number two, um, I often feel guilty when these people approach me. I feel uncomfortable when they tell me how proud they are of me. You see, I feel guilty because I feel their pain. Their energy zaps into my body, giving me the frequency I had growing up. The fear, the guilt, and survival mode. I have to protect my energy, especially while I'm transforming myself into the best me. So I can continue to be, sorry, I can continue to drive by and sit in the car in my neighborhoods, and that can work for me, but getting out the car at this moment in my life and going around and talking to people, it's not its not for me at the moment, and it hasn't been for the last 10 years. Now, there's sometimes I have to go speak out of school, or I would do something once every three to four years, but you'll never really catch me on the streets where I grew up at. Um, if you do, you catch me get in the car and out the car, and I'm in and out. The client who raised a voice at me and who disrespected me a few times was fired. I fired him within 24 hours after that situation. And believe it or not, we actually had a deal pending. We had an agreement. This person, myself, and a production company um, that was going to bring in my biggest deal ever. It was going to be with a one-year project I was doing. And um, it was actually for $2 million. And I'm not sure if I ever told anybody outside of my friends that, but um, I actually walked away from that. And I also walked away from thousands of dollars of retainment payments I received from other celebrity clients that I had in Los Angeles. I came back home where I am today and who I'm reminded on who I truly am. That's what I needed at this point in my life. I needed to surround myself with my brothers, sister, father, and cousins who would put me in my place when needed. The same people who told me I got fat and that I was slacking in my craft. I needed to hear that. I needed my feelings hurt. I needed to be pulled down from cloud nine and Hollywood energy I had. That being said, I don't care what people in my field have to say about me. I learned that a lot of quote unquote smart people, especially in the wellness space, hide behind science, and create content that aligns perfectly what the higher-ups have to say. Even though there is a lot of great scientists and research that is truthful, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great research that is truthful, there are some that are not. Just because science says one thing doesn't mean it's true for you. So, no one missed a Nice Guy. I would teach my truth and won't care about what others in my field have to say. Here's another Jay-Z line to connect this for you. God forgive me for my brash delivery. But I remember vividly what these streets did to me. So picture me letting these clowns Nick pick at me. Who? What more can I say? If you want to know that song, it's called What More Can I Say. It was on his Black album when he was planning to retire from rap. Very classic album right there. So I want to come on here today to expose my struggles to you, not to sound sorry for myself, but to show you I am human and that I struggle in life too. But when adversity hits, I will overcome it and I will continue to strive to be great. I want to encourage you to be honest with yourself, be kind to yourself and understand pain is needed to grow. Pain is growth, pain of discipline, pain of having courage and the pain of transformation. I would become the best version of myself, a version that I never reached before. I am planting my seeds now, meeting God 50%, knowing that the universe will meet me on the other 50%. I put this together for you today. It took me like two hours to put this together this morning. I put this together for you because what I want to let you know is that if you're trying to lose weight or if you're trying to you know, go through, you know, a challenge, an adversity in your life. You're trying to transform either your mindset or your body or just emotionally or spiritually. You have to really dig deep to see what's stopping you subconsciously. And what I wanted to do is, as I went through evaluation with myself, is I had to remind myself that I'm going to die one day. And I have a lot of information, a lot of stories, a lot of my truth that I want to tell people and show people. But I allowed algorithms to convince me that I needed to do a certain way. I had clients convince me I need to be a certain way. And I allowed my inner child... to strive for anything that makes me feel safe and secure and not uncomfortable anymore. Because to be honest with you, there was a point that I sat with my fiance, I said, I'm tired. For those that have been fighting for survival, you know what I mean, man, I'm tired. And when we made it, quote unquote, made it in LA, I thought, hey, finally, 26 years, of fighting for survival, I'm here. Then when opportunities came my way, I put those opportunities in front of myself because I feared of losing it. I feared of not being accepted. I feared of not presenting the best videos. I feared of not being me. I feared of being me. Now... I did a self-evaluation with myself, and I got to the truth. People thought I was crazy, or people still can think I'm crazy about this root canal thing. I was scared to even put that information out because I noticed how much it can get knocked back. But you know what? I don't care. The proof is there. There's research that supports it. There's books that support it. There's information that supports it. And I do not want you to believe that if you have a root canal, that you have problems. No, that's not what I want. And I don't want you to believe a word I say, but what I would like, and my goal is for those that are struggling with things that they notice that they just can't figure it out. Here's some information, maybe this can help. Maybe, maybe not. And then I go about my life without overthinking about who thinks I'm crazy, who doesn't think I'm crazy. I go through my life admitting that I struggle with ADHD and allow myself to sit down and be honest with myself and learn it because I avoided it because I didn't want to know it was true. That's just the truth. So that's my one month update. I will be going on YouTube. And giving you more of a vlog series kind of update raw behind the camera. I mean, like literally just setting up the camera, showing you the blueprint that I'm creating for myself to lose the weight. Creating a blueprint for my training program. Bringing you in some of my workouts. Bringing you some of the stretching that I'm doing. Remember, the body can hold trauma. So I'm showing you things that I'm releasing outside of just tight muscles. Some trauma being released from the body as well. And you will see, you will see a whole different version of me you will see. And I'm not doing it for you, no no disrespect. I'm doing it for me. There is no destination. There is no comfort zone in my life. I'm lying to myself when I do think there is. The old mindset that I knew that get, got me pretty far in life is understanding when pain presents itself Look for the silver lining instead of complaining about how I'm tired of being in pain, I'm tired of having problems, without actually looking at the silver lining of opportunity, instead of looking at what is causing this pain to continue to repeat itself, what am I ignoring deep down inside subconsciously? Huh. That's where it comes down to. Then being honest with yourself. And there's nothing like waking up the next morning, weighing yourself, weight is dropping, energy is increasing, checklist is checked off, being sore and thinking, well, I was so close from not going through on my goals yesterday, but thank God I did go through. Look at the results. Instead of waking up feeling guilty of knowing you should have done something that you didn't do, eating something you know you shouldn't have ate, Skipping your workout because you're putting people in front of you, not cooking for yourself, etc. So you will be in my kitchen. You will be in my little coffee shop that I have in my house. You would see it's going to be almost like a documentary. I brought this up to a particular person um, that I wanted to make a part of this project. And I wanted to make a a documentary just for the book and how I was going to go through this transformation. And I saw there was a lot of complications. And what was showing up? things that needed to be planned for perfectionism. And I'm like, uh-uh. Maybe my fifth book or my second book, we do a professional, perfect documentary. But right now, I got to show the people. So you can find that those episodes starting up possibly next week on the Be Great Renate YouTube channel. Let me know what you think about this. Was this helpful? Did this wake you up in any way? Can you relate in any way? Leave a comment on Spotify or YouTube. Apple, if you're on Apple, please continue to leave a rating. It really helps. I appreciate you doing that. And if you haven't left the feedback comment, I really enjoy reading those feedback comments, especially when it's from people from all around the world. And those always come in at the special time where I feel like you know, I'm having a rough day. One of those little reviews come in and I get an email about it. So thank you for that. I'm also going to be making a landing page for any um, Q&A where you don't have to state your name or nothing like that. But um, so we can make some more response videos for you and give you more value on this podcast, on the YouTube, on TikTok, et cetera. If you wanna stay up to date with everything, I have something called My Tribe List where I try to give you updates and emails at least once a week, giving you more value so we can stay in communication together just in case one of these algorithms doesn't show you my content. Thank you for being here. Share this with somebody that needs to hear it. I appreciate you spending some time with me. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you were here with me today, and I appreciate that. Peace.